You're listening to the podcast for Mid-City Vineyard Church. Mid-City Vineyard is located in the heart of New Orleans, Louisiana, on Canal Street. My name is Brian. My wife, Christy, and I pastor Mid-City Vineyard, and you can learn a little bit more about us. Uh, check us out online, midcityvineyard.org, Facebook, Mid-City Vineyard Church, or you can find us on Instagram at Mid-City Vineyard. Hey, this week we celebrated our first birthday. February 18th made one year of Mid-City Vineyard being in the city of New Orleans. And so for this particular evening, uh, what we did was we had different folks who are part of Mid-City Vineyard share stories about their life, things that God's been doing in their lives through the community of faith. Also, we, uh, we want to let you know that we will not be gathering this weekend. Instead, we will be going to the Endymion Parade, and we will uh, gather together once again on the following Saturday. Thanks for checking it out. Hope you really enjoy these stories, and much peace to you. All right, so here's what we're going to do. Candace, uh, can you go first? We needed somebody to go first, and so so what? And I'm gonna ask you to come up here because I want to record your stories. But uh, I haven't coached these folks at all tonight. But I just I, I want to hear what's going on with them. But the, here were here were the two main things. What has God been doing in your in your own life over the last year, and how has Mid City Vineyard and the connections in Mid City Vineyard? How has the connections played into what God's been doing? So they might talk for 30 seconds. They might talk. No one's gonna talk for 30 minutes. Um, <laughs> I'll be sitting right there. You just look at me and I'll get the... Come on. Okay. So, so this is Candace. This is Candace Thompson. So <laughs> go for it, Candace. All right. Um, yeah, when I did my first draft, I, I texted Brian. I said, Brian, great. I've got a first draft. It's 25 minutes long. <laughs> and he was like, um... So he gave me you know, some different times to work with. So anyway, I uh, to keep me on track and to keep me from going on rabbit trails, I'm... I'm pretty much, I think I'm going to read this, um, just so that I actually say what I want to say. Um, so this year, God has been healing my heart. Um, is it rolling? Okay, cool. That's, you know, if there's, if there's one thing I needed to say tonight, I just needed to say, God has been healing my heart. He's been um, slowly bringing wholeness and reconciliation to the deepest scars on my heart. Scars deeply rooted in abandonment anxiety and lack of trust scars from my parents divorce emotionally abusive relationships scars of grief from losing my fiance at 24 years old to a traumatic brain injury um, and bitter mistrust that developed um, bitter mistrust of God that developed after that um, wondering if he was even willing to heal people anymore and then most recently scars from uh, this last year going through my own divorce. So it's kind of, there's been a lot of scars <laughs> in my, I feel like in my short time on this earth. But um, about a year ago, when Mid-City started, I wondered if I would ever feel whole again. I mean, would I ever feel happy? Would I ever have, you know, I always thought that have, being married and having my own family would help fix and heal all this, the brokenness that had been in my life growing up. And I had just lost it. <laughs> I had just lost my marriage. So I didn't know what was next. Um, I faced my worst fears, complete rejection and total abandonment. Um, there was a Stages of the Cross experience at the Vineyard in Kenner last Ash Wednesday. And um, I went 
there was a stage where there was a big six you know giant wooden cross and there was a light on it and there was a shadow and you were supposed to write down your burdens and literally lay them in the shadow of the cross and I was praying and I was thinking what are my burdens what do I need to let go what you know what sins what you know what do I need to, to lay down and I couldn't get the thoughts the happy thoughts of my failed marriage and my hopes and dreams and what I wanted you know the good memories that we had and what I thought that relationship was going to bring to my life, I couldn't get that out of my head. And it just, I felt God say, that's what you have to lay down. Like, you have to lay down these hopes and dreams and what you've been holding on to for so long that you think is going to fix your heart. And you're just going to have to completely let go. But I am the God that makes all things new. I am the resurrection like, that's what I do. I bring life. And I just got this vision of, okay, I don't know what's next in life, but I felt God say it was sort of a Peter moment, you know, like, step out of the boat, Peter, and trust me. You know, step out of the boat, Candace, trust me. Like, if you go down this path with me to healing, I will give you, you will have happiness again. And I'll give you new hopes and new dreams because that's just who I am. I'm the God of new, of new Beginnings. So since then, having let go of what I thought would heal me and make me happy and whole, I've seen God work in some really amazing ways this year. Um, and most of it's through the people I've met here in Mid-City. Um, Y'all have become a family to me. Like, it blows my mind that I don't think I was really close to anybody in this room a year ago. And when I think of the people that make my life whole, it's, it's really most of you. <laughs> Just others that I haven't got to meet yet, but there's time for that. <laughs> um, so I've just, you know, Mid-City has been a safe place for me to bring my doubts, my pain, my fears, and my scars. And in such a short amount of time, I've found genuine community that I can celebrate life with. And at the same time, lean in on the tough challenges I've been facing. I expected the one year of my anniversary, or the, the, one, year of the, the one year anniversary of the day my husband left to be a dark and awful day. I had been dreading it for, for a year, essentially, um, but it wasn't. Instead, you may not have known, but I spent it with all of you. Um, it was at the Mid-City Chili Cook-Off in City Park, just about 100 yards away from where I had my wedding. <laughs> um, it was a day full of joy, and not only um, did I get to give back to the Ronald McDonald House, a charity that actually put a roof over my family's head when my sister was born over almost 30 years ago. Um, I got to enjoy this beautiful fall day with new friends, family, um, in my favorite place in the city, a place that I never thought that I would have happy memories at again. Um, in fact, I had such a good time, I didn't want to leave after the <laughs> chili cook-off was over. I went and sat in a field of wildflowers with a bunch of bees, which is like my second greatest fear in life. So... <laughs> It was a day of joy and beauty. And I, the day wouldn't have been that if it wasn't for all of you. Um, so I was told once about 10 years ago that God wanted to heal the scars of my heart. And it was kind of one of these weird, hokey, spiritual things where you're like, you was with a stranger. And I was like, oh, yeah, that's nice. I hope God heals my heart. You know, we'll see how it goes. And it was actually kind of a powerful moment, but I wasn't for sure how it was going to come into fruition. Um, and so, anyway, that was kind of an interesting thing, and okay, all this, 
Other things happened in the last 10 years. Lots of sadness, but some good things. But this year, there's been some pretty cool, amazing God moments that almost seem miraculous. Like City Park, for instance. <coughs> you know, how that day could be so great, even though it was set up to be, you know, could have been really awful. Um, I'm starting to stand, understand that it's all the small, tep, small steps I've been taking towards healing all this time in the last 10 years. That's what's brought me where I am today. It's the tough work, it's been the tough work of trying to grow, developing healthier relationships, um, leaning into forgiveness, um, basically showing up to God's challenges to experience wholeness through him. Um, sometimes I shrug off that I'm doing so well because I've had a lot of practice with trauma. Um, but I think it's more than that. I think it's been the slow growth um, of a seed, like we've been talking about. Um, I see this beautiful picture of God chasing after me and bringing healing to me through this whole time, through my whole life. Even when I was unsure of his exi existence, and even when I was unsure if he would heal. I'm so incredibly thankful to walk this journey with all of you. I'll never be done growing. I don't believe I'll ever arrive at perfection. Uh, or, yeah, or at completion, um, at least on this side of heaven. I'll always have to lean on the Holy Spirit to help me live freely from these scars. Um, I'm just finally in a place where I'm starting to get some of the good things. It feels like it's been a harvest year. I can't wait to see what's in this next chapter. I no longer feel ruled by my experiences or fear. I'm celebrating feeling whole and complete for the first time in my life, and I just can't wait to pour it out. So that was awesome. <laughs> awesome. So, hey guys, we're going to grab you some chairs. So, why don't you head back that way? Go back that way. And uh, Mr. Sean and Mr. Wesley are grabbing some chairs for you guys. And uh, that way. Candace, that was that. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you. Uh, let's see. I picked the order, ladies and gentlemen. And so, if you guys want to change it on me, that's fine. But, Newman, I have you, you going next. Well, we'll have to follow Candace. <laughs> 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 so, so let's let them get their chairs set up for these fellas. <laughs> there we go. Yeah, why don't you come right right in this area? Because I want the recorder to pick you up. So, hey, thanks, guys. I stand here today as a perfect example of uh, God's grace and mercy. And uh, if any of you really know me, you know, a true example of uh, a man who is, uh, you know, who has been born again. An ex perfect example of that. I didn't want to stand up here and sound like a bubbling idiot, so, and I probably still will, but so I'm just going to read what I wrote. And, and this just tells you where I am today. Um, there's a battle inside of me between who I am, who I say I am, and who I want to be. 
You see, there's a monster inside of me that's reared its ugly head. Call it what you want, racism, prejudice, or indifference. Don't misunderstand me. I'm not one who uses ugly words, calls people names. I don't walk around pointing my finger at you because of your race or the color of your skin. But lately, it's more of a way that I feel inside. If I want to be completely honest, these things do exist. It bothers me that young black men are killing each other for no apparent reason, at least for reasons that I don't understand, and it makes me angry and afraid. There seems to be so many people without direction, without hope. They seem to be playing the game that they were taught to play, living the way they were taught to live. You see, I've spent a lot of my life feeling like something about me was different. It was lesser than and something to be ashamed of. I hope that my honesty doesn't offend you. You see, the truth is that these feelings are about people. These feelings, the truth is that these feelings are about people that live their lives the way I used to live mine, driven by a thousand forms of fear. I share this as a man whose heart is with the marginalized. The first thing that I see when I look for God in anything is all of the junk that I've placed between us, between God and myself. The first thing I see. I followed a family who was called by God to plant a church in this city a church that I was invited to be a part of, a church that I too was called to plant, a church where there is a communion table made of cinder blocks and fence posts, where we've all been invited to leave all of the junk that stands between us and God, a place where everyone is welcome place that I call home. Hey, thank you. Thank you. We should have set up our communion table tonight. That was a mistake, so dang it. Our communion table is made up of cinder blocks and boards. That's that's and it's normally right there. Um, so thank you, Newman. Beth. I have it all on my phone, so I can type faster than I can write. So, hey everybody. Um, most of you know me, but if you're new to the vineyard, my name's Beth. Um, 
tonight we're celebrating the first birthday of the Mid-City Vineyard. But I'm going to take you back to the year before that. It was the spring of 2015. Um, we had just found out we were pregnant after a long nine months of trying. And we were sitting in church, and suddenly I just felt like I didn't belong anymore. And um, I wasn't sure why I was feeling that way, but it was pretty clear that it was coming from God. And it was really hard to take because that was my home. I had been going to that church for 11 years at the time. Yeah, because my, my oldest was a baby when I started. So it was a very hard thing for me to accept from God telling me that I had to leave my church home and not having the first clue as to why he was telling me that or where I was going to go or what I was supposed to do. Um, I just felt that strong sense and I discussed it with my husband. I tearfully prayed about it for days, honestly hoping that I was wrong, that he really wasn't telling me this, it was my imagination, like I'm not going anywhere. But he, I wasn't wrong. A couple of weeks later, it was announced that Brian and Christy were going to be planning a church in Mid-City. I immediately looked at Stephen, my husband, and was like, that's it. That's where he wants us to go. And Steve, I think Stephen asked why or something. I'm like, I have no idea. <laughs> no clue. He doesn't tell you all the details right away. That ruins the fun of it. <laughs> but I just knew that's where we had to go. I had no clue what to expect, what we were going to see, or what we were going to experience when we got there. I just knew we had to leave and, and come here. I had a really, really rough pregnancy. Um, every food that entered my mouth made me sick. I suffered, or I've suffered my whole life with severe depression and anxiety. And for some reason for this pregnancy, it was the worst I had ever experienced. Part of it's just because I couldn't take medicines that I was taking to control it. Um, and I honestly believe that if it wasn't for this community and all of the prayers that I know were being said, I wouldn't have made it through. Crimson turned a year in November, six weeks after I lost my job, unexpectedly. I was still battling with my anxiety and depression. I hadn't quite gotten it to where I wanted it to be or I felt it needed to be. And so getting laid off was just another blow. And I fought really hard not to let it cause my anxiety and depression to spiral. And I feel like if it wasn't for this community, my faith wouldn't have been that strong. Because I had gotten through that awful pregnancy and had just celebrated a year of life for this amazing child that has the best personality and has brought so many good things to us. I knew that God wasn't done with me yet. But I was finally making progress, and then I lost my job, but I kept my faith. 
And I strongly believe that's because of this community right here. And because of this community, I found a job that I feel like I have a purpose. Every day I'm helping people. And that's what I've always said I wanted to do. It was just, I didn't care what kind of industry I was in. I didn't care what kind of job I did. I just wanted to help people. I even, I mean, I went to school for psychology, but I just could never really find anything where I felt like I was truly making a difference. And now I do. I feel that every day. I get to help people, just like this community and our pastor helped me. And honestly, now I feel happier and less anxious than I have in a very, very long time. Thank you. Wow, thanks, Beth. So we have, we have one or two more, but uh, I, you know, I just said to you guys, I said, does anybody have anything that you'd want to share? And so I didn't handpick anybody. So this is so encouraging, Hans Christie. <laughs> this is so awesome. This is great. Um, so uh, in between the next couple of folks, one of the, one of the things that we have really sensed, um, you know, we, we believe in the, the slow move of the Holy Spirit. Now, don't get me wrong. I absolutely believe that God also works in fantastic, dynamic, powerful, firework kind of ways also. Uh, but a lot of times in the Christian faith, uh, those, those moves of God are, are placed on a pedestal. You know, those moves of God, when, when God works in a dynamic kind of where fireworks are exploding, you know, that's, that's what Christians gravitate to. And they say, look at, look at what God's done. And then if you don't have something like that happen in your life, you're left kind of going, what's wrong with me? You know, why, why, why is God shooting fireworks off over there in their life? And yet here I am, like just day to day, this doggone grind, it feels like. And I would, I would suggest and, and, and propose that to you that that is because more often than God works in these dynamic firework kind of explosive kind of ways, more often than that, God works in very ordinary, mundane, day-to-day -day kinds of ways. Because ultimately what God's desire for our lives is, is that we would, we would grow, that we would grow in our character, that we would mature as followers of Christ, that we would learn what it is to follow the Holy Spirit in the ends and the outs of our lives. And the only way that really happens is when we actually go through life. And so I'm grateful for the explosive dynamic parts. But when those aren't happening, that doesn't mean that God's not doing something. Very powerful, more times than not. That's the kind of church we are, that's the kind of church I think God's called us to be as one that pays attention to, to, to that growth. Um, as, a, as a side note, one of the things that we, we've also, we want to be a real, we want to be a real encouragement to our, soci uh, our society, oh, our society, our community. Uh, we feel very, very strongly for the mid-city community, and we're always looking for ways. All of our outreaches are really focused, or uh, the majority of them are focused towards mid-city. We're looking for ways to help and come alongside the entrepreneurs, the, the business owners, those who are starting new restaurants and bars and coffee shops and things like that. And so 
uh, we're always asking folks to frequent the places, uh, or you guys, to frequent these places in mid-city. And that leads me to this amazing segue. We have worked out, uh, there's a wonderful uh, cafe and bar right up the street called Revel, Revel Cafe and Bar. These are local folks that just moved, uh, they just start, opened up Revel one year ago. They live in Algiers. And they have wonderful, wonderful food. And for the whole month of March, anytime anyone eats at Revel and mentions Mid-City Vineyard during the month of March, they're going to donate 10% back to Mid-City Vineyard. So we're asking that you would eat at Revel every day for the month of March, okay? You can, yeah. Um, they have lots of good food. And, and, and if you, like, if you uh, like beer and wine and, and whiskey and you're able to, to drink also, then you can also drink there and they'll donate that. Um, so you can just, you can have, and they're going to, they have breakfast, or they don't have breakfast, they have lunch and dinner, so you can at least do those two meals each day. Uh, and then on Sundays, they're looking to start brunch soon, so you can do that also. So, um, but you have to mention Mid-City Vineyard, otherwise you're just spending a lot of money, but mention Mid-City Vineyard, that's going to help. So, uh, all right, uh, next, Donna, are you ready? Would you? Yes. Right on. That's because I'm not going to just speak. I will be reading okay, the whole no, thing. No. I have to read it. Oh, it's kind of dark. <laughs> what? I can see it. I got it. Thank you. You know when you're old. That helps. Okay. What Mid-City Vineyard has meant to me and how the Holy Spirit has moved in my life through the Mid-City Vineyard community. Matthew 6, 22 to 23. The eye is the lamp of the body. If your eyes are good, your whole body will be full of light. But if your eyes are bad, your whole body will be full of darkness. Spiritual vision is our capacity to see clearly what God wants us to do and to see the world from his point of view. But this spiritual insight can be easily clouded. Self-serving desires, interests, and goals block that vision. Serving God is the best way to restore it. A good eye is one that is fixed on God. I know I am in a spiritual warfare. I am a sinner, and I do let my desires and interests get in the way of my connection to the Spirit. Sin, no matter how big or small, is important to God because it builds a wall between us and the Spirit. I was saved about 15 years ago, was a member of a fairly large church. I got involved with a small group twice a month, which we called Covenant Group. The leaders of the group were real people who understood the real issues we face in this world. The leaders had to give up the group. They left the church, and eventually most of us in the group left the church also. I have been searching ever since to find other believers that are real people. Mid-City Vineyard to me is a group of real people. My spiritual passion at times used to diminish when I was disappointed by something or someone. I would find myself worrying more and praying less. When I feel myself drifting, I know I have a church community that can help me cooperate with God instead of turning away. I am more aware of God's presence in my life when I stay connected to the body of believers. Believers have a hope that anchors their soul. This past year at Mid-City Vineyard gave me back the joy of my salvation and the awareness of how much the Spirit will and can work in me. When we first started Mid-City Vision, I did call on Brian a few times to help me and pray for me regarding some issues in my life. 
It is great to have a pastor that I feel a strong connection to. I love the Mid-City Vineyard Connect page because it gives me an opportunity to pray for the needs of others in the community and allows me to ask for prayers when I need them. Because of Mid-City Vineyard, I have learned to cast my burdens before God. I know I can cling to him through any trial that comes my way. Because of the Lord's great love, he provides strength for our weary bodies. Peace when my mind is anxious and comfort when my heart is grieving. He lights the darkened tunnel and tenderly guides me through trying situations. I look forward to another year at Mid-City Vineyard and hope to find a deeper connection with others. And I've asked uh, Wesley, and this uh, Wesley will be our, our last one, and then uh, we have just one other thing that we're going to do, and then we're going to cut the cake. So, Wesley, come on, buddy. I hate being the guy that stands between you and cake. I don't know. That's like <laughs> 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 it's terrible. <laughs> hurry up, then, hurry up. Thank you. Good night. <laughs> It's hard to, to believe that standing here tonight and it's been one year. I, I mean, some days we look at it and, you know, it seems like we've been doing this thing forever. <laughs> and then, like, then we wind up running into something that we don't really quite understand or we're trying to figure out. And we're like, oh, yeah, we've only been doing this for about a year. And, like, that really becomes really quite evident. I'm going to bring you to two years ago. Uh, I had a conversation that Brian and I were hanging out uh, – I guess it was two years ago, and we just kind of started really hanging out or what have you. And I was talking with him. I went to a class uh, through work, and I had a conversation with a, uh, with a young girl that was part of a church plant. And she was telling me all about her experience with the church plant, and it sounded exciting. And so I sat down with Brian, and I'm like, man, this is really cool. You know, she's part of this church plant. They're doing these things and all this. And I just looked at him, and I was like, what goes through a person's mind to make them think they want to plant a church? <laughs> I was like, I, I just don't get it. And in true Brian style, he just looks at me and he's like, I don't know. He's like, that is nuts. <laughs> Little did I know that this whole thing was on his radar at the time and this was going on. And we kind of, you know, we didn't get too far into it. But, I mean, it was kind of a, it was funny. Anyway, so that was two years ago. So here I am a year, uh, a year into this now, and I'll tell you, I still don't know what goes through a person's mind that makes them think they want to plant a church. I really don't. But I do think that I am starting to understand what stirs in a person's soul and spirit and makes them feel like they should plant a church. And I think it's, it's the slow, steady move of the Holy Spirit. I think, I think when you know where you belong or when you know the community that you're supposed to, to be in, that you're supposed to touch and that you're supposed to reach, I think you just know. And I don't think you... You know, I talked about what goes through your mind. I don't think anything goes through your mind. I don't think you really know what to do. Uh, and honestly, I think that's what we found over the last year. Anybody uh, that's been here, I don't think we know what to do. I mean, I think we, we lean on the Spirit. We ask Him for guidance, and I think He gives it to us. Um, and I think it's evident through some of the things that we've seen over the last year, just some of the outreaches we've done through the Ronald McDonald House. How unbelievable was it for the mid-city area just to step up and I think we had 125 bags of groceries that we delivered to the Ronald McDonald House and that's a church of 40 or 50 folks that I mean 
And these folks, they don't know who we are really, but they've stepped up in a huge way. And I think that's the spirit moving. I think he's getting us connected to the city and to this, to this area. Just the way that our children interact and, and really enjoy them, themselves in the back. The conversations we have, we had a conversation the other night over dinner after, after service. We were sitting across from one another and talking about topics that you would never talk about at church just because those are things that would typically divide a church. And we were just laughing and having a good time. And it was like not at the issues but at the fact that we don't have it all figured out, but we're willing to press into this thing as a community and figure it out and try to find a way to step and walk alongside of others and and so that's what's been the biggest encouragement, I think, to, to me and my family, uh, just the community that we've become a part of here. Uh, our communion table, every week we look at it, and again, uh, someone, Newman mentioned it earlier, got Republican, Democrat, Independent, White, Black, Hispanic, Gay, Straight, it doesn't really matter. Uh, the thing is that we're all, we're all in search of, of where the Spirit's leading us, and, and I just I, I look forward to the next couple of years and, and see which way he really he moves this thing and, and how we can stand with our community here and, and hopefully make his name known in mid-city.